Welcome to the latest episode of Connect Dead Tech, a podcast where the E and D may or may not stand for Elizabeth and Daryl. Welcome back, viewers and listeners, to Connect Dead Tech. To my left, we have Daryl. To my right, we have Elizabeth. And to your middle, I'm Intern Blake. I forgot to introduce myself. But yeah, I've been gone on ACT Island for a little while, and I'm a new man now. You know, I grew up, I grew up the fish there a little bit. We didn't recognize you, Blake. I'm a new man. I'm I know. a little jealous because I can't do that. Neither can I. I could. But I'll have a patch right here. You can do it. Put your mind. No shave November. No shave November? Okay. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's October right now. But like, yes, we have a couple weeks. All right. Joe's like, I'm going to have to like buy like a Santa Claus beard. No, they make beard stuff. Like, I Here heard, you? I saw like on Instagram one day, like an ad, they have like a pill that you take. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's real or not. FDA approved? I, I haven't taken it, but. Well, you don't have to take it. Yeah. It's, it's natural. It just comes out. You don't even have Do to you try. Condition moisturizer. It's a little weird. <laughs> 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 yeah, they need Eric. It's a little weird. He's got the beard. Oh, he does, he does yeah. have a nice beard. He's got the beard tricks. Yeah. So you've been ACT in it for a while, huh? Sadly, yes. Right. But it's paying off. It has paid off. It has paid off. I got accepted into two universities this week. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. Thank you. We're kind of sad because you're going to go away and then we won't be able to like hassle you and. Who knows? Maybe I can be on the Zoom call one day. That'd be amazing. We can interview you. We could. Hopefully, go. hopefully one day I do something in college, like make my own stuff, you know? <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, that's your challenge then. Do that's, people that's your challenge. age really make their own things? I don't know. Do they? Can you do that? Are you capable? You, you can do it. You, you can know? do it. Surely there's someone out there who's done it. I don't know. Do you know one? No. No? Oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> the person we're going to be interviewing today! Yeah, a little later in the show, we're going to have a really awesome guest. We're not even going to say who it is. We're not going to say We're going to keep the element is. of surprise so that our viewers will keep listening. Except the title of the episode will tell them. <laughs> Maybe we won't have to put oh, it in the title okay, of the episode. Right. It can just be our little strategic. secret. Strategic. So you've been ACT in it. You've been I don't know. doing your Daryl Legaspi <laughs> thing stuff. that you do. I've been watching home videos. And in every home video I've watched, I was wearing denim on denim. Hmm. Denim on denim. That's not a faux pas right now? Yeah. A fashion faux pas? I don't pas. know. Everything comes I, I thought it was back, but I guess it's not. Yeah. I don't know. You said you've been seeing people at your, your campus wearing denim on denim. I have. I, there's, there's a lot of people I that mean, do it. I think if the so. denim color were, if it's exactly the same, I'd be like, what are you? Oh. But now, see, this is a contrast, so it's okay. So the, fa- gotcha. the fashion gods say it's okay. Oh, the fashion gods say it's yeah. okay. Well, okay. the fashion gods, you know who are fashion gods and goddesses? These ladies right here. <laughs> Let's ask Blake, do you know who those ladies <laughs> are? Ladies I do not. I got the name wrong of them earlier, but I, d- I don't know who they are. What did you call them? The Gilmore The Gilmore girls, girls <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm close. I'm close. They well, were much younger than these ladies. I'm close. That's all that matters. Yes. Do you know? You know Betty White. Do you know Betty White? Oh, of course I know. National White. treasure. Yes, she well, is. She's part of the Golden Girls. That's awesome. When I was watching all those home videos, it was making me very, very nostalgic, and I started to reminisce and think about all the things I used to do with my family, and that's why I've kind of got some of these things out here. Like we used to play. Like when I was in school, we didn't have anything to do except play games like, you know, Pictionary, Monopoly, or my parent, my mom would like go outside and play, and then she'd lock the door and not let us back in. That happened to me when I was little too. Yeah. So, do you still play games? Do you play games like this with your family? Um, we used to, but since my mom works now, my dad works all the time, 
we kind of been pushing away from it, but every now and then we'll get to get like together and play like the special versions of Monopoly. You know, like they have like like the Stranger Things ones, the Star Wars ones. Right. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. These board games and stuff. Uno in the front, the Rubik's Cube. I don't remember doing anything like that within school, but it seems like a lot of schools are moving towards more of a game-based, gamified mm -hmm. classroom. So have you ever used board games in school or any other kind of games? Daryl, you too, because... We have. I know I have. So like we have like, I know my sophomore year, like English, we had like vocab terms, of course, and he made it into actually like a Uno game. So it was, it was really complicated, but <laughs> I'm trying to remember how to do it. So like, of course, you put your card down, and the, he colored them too. So it's like, oh, I have this card, and you have to say the definition if you place the card down. Ah, cool. So yeah, and if you got it wrong, then you know you have to pick up cards. Yeah, you are so. exiled to ACT land. <laughs> yes, that's pretty good. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I cool. What about you, Daryl? Did you play when you were in high school or younger? Did y'all play yeah. games in class? In the classroom, yeah, yeah. we played As some games student? in the classroom. I mean, those games that we play now in the classroom weren't they weren't around before, but yeah, we do just maybe just for fun, right. uh, the camaraderie, the, mm -hmm. the collaboration, mm -hmm. the communication. Yeah, kind of like a free time mm -hmm. sort of thing, just kind of. Yeah. I think if we did it, that was really the only way we did it too. I didn't. I don't remember doing it for an educational purpose at all. But then when I was teaching. I remember taking some of these concepts, like what you were saying, and mm -hmm. then making them uh, fit the content that I was teaching. But now we've got like digital games, like Kahoot quizzes yeah. and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Which ones have you played in your classes? In classes, we do Kahoot, and then that's pretty much the only one we use in class. But I study with Quizlet like every night. Awesome. So I use Quizlets, make study sets, and then you play games. And then every now and then, like, hey Blake, did you make a study set? Because they know I do. I'm like, yeah. Like, can we use it as a class lecture? I'm like, sure. And then I email, email it to them, and they just use it as a class lecture. Great. Wow. Look at you being an influencer. I'm trying. I'm trying. That's so great. <laughs> God. What's the main college you want to get a letter from? LSU. Ah. If you're watching, <laughs> please let me know. This guy. And I wouldn't mind a scholarship either. But that's not the point. Okay. Let's keep going on that. <laughs> Only accept me if you give me a scholarship. No, no, no. He's not saying <laughs> Did you were you in the were you in the classroom when Kahoot came out? Was that Quizzes, yes? Quizlet Live, like using it with your students. Yes, yeah. yes, I was, and that and I think for me that was one of the uh, the tools that got me into digital learning. Awesome. It got the instant engagement. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, instant feedback, kind of like video games. We didn't have access to that when I was teaching, so I've been out of the classroom for six years, I guess. So that tells you how <laughs> fast. Yeah. This, this thing's this the thing's moving as far as um, access to all these different cool tools, but um, not to give anything away, but um, we've got an expert in educational technology, digital gaming yes, tools, who's going to join us. We shouldn't even say what. It we is. shouldn't say. We just should. read the title of this episode. <laughs> just read it. <laughs> <laughs> just read the title of this episode, and you will know who our guest is. But we're really excited about um, this guy joining us, and we will be. And part of it is because we just really can't pronounce his name. That's, that's true. We'll ask him today. Yeah. But he's a great guy, though. Remember that. He is. You want to stick around. Yeah. And, um, and Blake here and him are best buds now. Yes, we are. Best buddies. i got to learn how to say his last name, though. But yeah. we will. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back with our very special guest. Stay tuned.
You can find all things related to the Connect Ed Tech podcast by visiting our website, flippinggoodtech.com. And while you're there, make sure to click on all the tabs for a closer look at who we are and why we're passionate about everything we do. And most importantly, be sure to follow us at Flippin' Good Tech on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel for quick access to all the latest podcast episodes, connected tech promos, and Flipped in 5 tech tips. And we're back with Season 2, Episode 3 of Connected Tech Podcast. I'm Elizabeth again. And I'm Daryl. Again. And as promised, we have a really awesome, amazing guest with us today. We're so excited about him. I can't say I've been more excited about a guest. Uh, they've all been great. But this guy is um, going to be a real treat to talk to. Don't you think, Daryl? Yeah, let's just say, when I grow up, I want to be just like this guy. I wish I could. I wish I could go back in time. Like the whole little, uh, what's that, uh, Benjamin Button thing? <laughs> go back and redo, rewind, and and make it happen. But without further ado, let's just get to it. We have the one, the only, Josh from GimKit. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Wow, thank you for joining us. Of course, of course. And uh, I'm really excited to chat with both of you today. Not as excited as we are. I don't know about that. Are you sure? (laughs) We're pretty sure. Do you like our little setup here? I mean, I love it. Yeah, it looks great. I, I mean, you know, I was talking to you before the show about it, and uh, I mean, you, you know, I called it a studio. I'm not sure if anyone's called it a studio before, but it, it looks like it, so. Awesome. We're super thankful to Kingwood Public Library for letting us use their media room every month, and we've got some games here, some old school games, a little throwback. We've got some Funko Pops that are some old guys, and the Golden Girls Funko Pops here, reflective of our ages. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say that. Well, I will say that. You know, I did watch it. I feel like we're all three different generations. (laughs) What's your generation, Daryl? I'm millennial. I'm a generation X. What's your generation, Josh? I think I'm, I think I'm Gen Z. I think you are. Yeah. (laughs) That's super awesome. Okay. So tell us who Josh from Gimkit is and tell us how to pronounce your last name. Oh yeah. (laughs) I want to, I want to hear you give it a shot first. Oh. Sam Siler. Flip her. It's like that. Uh, from a cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're, we're not going to try. Just okay, we'll pronounce yeah. it for the viewers. We'll go for it. It's, uh, it's fine silver. So oh. it's fine silver, but replace the V with the B. Yes. Not too bad. We were close. I, I like well, yours better, so I think I'll start going by that from now on. Flip her. <laughs> Secret agent. It is. There we go. Go with that. Uh, Well, yeah. um, I'm Josh, and I uh, created GimKit, which is an online gaming show for the classroom. I started it off as a school project, and and now I graduated in high school in June, and I and I work on it full time with a few other people. And uh, I don't know if you want more details, but that's the quick that's the quick glimpse on me. Yeah. Do you have any more details you wanted to add? Yeah, right now? that pretty sums it up, and then we're gonna we're gonna okay. play the game in a second and cool. see. I thought we were done. Yeah, we're done. That's it. Goodbye, right. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What we would like to do is uh, challenge you, Josh, to your own game. But we've chosen the kit that we want to challenge you with because, as we've said before, we're kind of old, or than you. So, um, if you want to go ahead and just like. Like I provided the link to you, 
for you. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna start this game. So we'll get the code up here on the screen. We're gonna have to do some little maneuver in here first. So Josh, while we're doing that, would you like to describe how GimKit works and uh, what people would be seeing if they were to play the game? Yeah. So uh, GimKit, at its kind of core, it's it's a review game, but we've seen it used in a lot of different places. And uh, we call each individual game a kit, and that contains the questions that you play in the game. And so when students uh, play the game, they'll see questions pop up on their screen, and they'll just answer them at their own pace. And if they get qu questions correct, they will start to earn uh, some in-game cash. And if they get the questions incorrect, they'll lose in-game cash. And so the goal over the course of the game is students are starting to earn up some cash in their, uh, in their virtual bank account, if you will. And so, and so with that cash, they can actually go into the shop and purchase upgrades and power-ups to help them uh, reinvest and make cash faster. So you can buy an upgrade to earn more money per question, or you can buy a multiplier, or you can buy something that freezes another player for 15 seconds. So the, the shop adds a strategy component to it, and so that way you have to know uh, not just the content, but the strategy in order to win the game. This is the part that scares me. The strategy part because mm -hmm. I feel like I really just don't have a good strategy when it comes to this so um go easy on us that's what okay I would okay okay go easy on us. Well, let's see it's only uh it's only one minute so I'm not even sure if I'm gonna be able to get to some of the upgrades but we'll see one so, minute. we just need to make sure we're sharing the screen so on your side are you seeing the GimKit login yeah I do, I do the yep. join code perfect so we're going to click start the game in just a second. I put in the code in, join in the game. We should all use our, uh, our are you guys using your own names? Yeah, you are, Jocelyn, give me a look, ask me. I'm gonna put, uh, this is gonna be mine, the, okay, now, there. That's me. We're gonna put oh, Blake in there well, I need to. I need to leave that one and rejoin with a fun name. <laughs> Wow, yours is the fun name. Everybody <laughs> wants to be you. You want to know, Josh. We're going to have Blake join in too. we got Enter Blake. He's going to pop I'm, in here. One second. Are you editing your name? No, nah, I'm, I, I am, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll be worth it, okay. Okay. It's been, it's been a hot video. Oh, Intern Blake. How appropriate. All right, there we go. My new last name. <laughs> Everyone try to pronounce it. Can you add the phonetic pronunciation? <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, are we ready? So we got a minute. One minute. Oh, geez. Okay. One minute, are, and you don't know what's any cash? No. Um, no. Okay. No All right. You're starting, you're starting from the bottom. We are not All starting right. cash. You're crazy. Go. Okay, hang on. I gotta make sure I can see my screen here. Nervous. <laughs> Okay. Let's see. I got okay. this. I'm putting in the right spot. I don't even know if I'm in the right spot on my own screen. Oh, no. Okay. I... Oh. So I kind of want to know what your strategy is. Yeah, well, for a minute game, I don't know if I have a strategy. Um... But typically, I, I go money per question, street bonus multiplier in that kind of order. Money per question, yeah. street 
multiplier. Yep, exactly. I don't even know. I don't know the oh, no. it's... Ah, yeah, okay, I was kind of guessing too. Yeah, 23. <laughs> there we go. I don't know the answer to this. IDK. Question for the answer response. IDK. Oh no. I think there's some spelling errors on some of these answer choices. Oh, I know this. Oh no. Oh, oh that was it? <laughs> One minute? Oh, that was so fast! Time flies I, when you're having so fun. I gotta say, I was in the negative. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of those movies are from, you know, we were talking about generations. I mean, a lot of, the, a lot of those movies are not from my generation. Yeah, so can you, <laughs> can you guess the theme of, the, of this game? Uh, I'm gonna guess, uh, oh geez, um, I mean, I feel like it's pop culture, but before my time. Hey, pretty good. It was 80s movies. Okay, I'll go with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 80s movies. Daryl's the big winner today with, with the gift. I guess, I guess yeah. a few, um, I spent a lot of time on the shop, but I realized I didn't have enough money. So it was kind yeah, of yeah. strategy. I got one upgrade, but it ended up, ended up biting back, so. <laughs> How did Intern Blake do? He got third place? Second. Oh, I second place. Yeah. Yeah, I came in third. So don't feel too bad. That Last. was actually my decade, Josh. <laughs> I should have I should have done a whole lot better. <laughs> so we need to give you a list of movies that you need to watch from the eighties. Oh, I have a lot already, believe me. Like awesome. uh you know people people all the time will bring up movie references from the eighties or even from the nineties and uh and I just I have to nod my head and agree. But there's, there's a whole lot I need to catch up on because I only know movies from, you know, past 2000, specifically yeah. like 2010. So uh, you've made this game and I, I'm assuming it takes a lot of uh, skill that we don't have. Some computer programming, some coding, I'm guessing. I really don't know what goes into it. But did you always know that you wanted to do this type of thing? No, 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 not, not necessarily. I, I've always been interested in technology and I've always been pretty good with technology. Uh, but I didn't really start learning how to code until about a year before I started making GimKit. And um, so, yeah, when I started making GimKit, I had less than a year of coding experience. And I started to learn how to code because I got to this point where I knew how to do a lot of stuff on the computer, but I didn't, I didn't know how to make my own stuff. And I thought, hey, I kind of I feel like that's the next step. What did you start with, with coding? Yeah, I, I started on a site called Codecademy. And it's a free site that people learn how to code. And I have I have some mixed feelings about it. Uh, I, I almost quit coding multiple times when using Codecademy because I was actually copying and pasting a bunch of answers from Google and just putting it in. And so I felt like I was not smart enough to, to know how to code. And I, 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 the analogy I get for Codecademy is this, like Codecademy will tell you how to write letters, but uh, it doesn't show you how to form sentences. And so it, um, so it was a good foundation, but it, I didn't, I didn't learn how to think like a like an engineer, and it wasn't until I started working on some of my own projects where I kind of started to piece those pieces together. You had mentioned you had other projects before GimKit uh, where you delved into programming. Can you describe some of those projects that inspired you before you got into GimKit? Yeah, I had a lot of like I had a lot of smaller pro uh, projects before I started GimKit, but uh, I started GimKit originally because I wanted some sort of really big project, but. Uh, like my first project was just a simple to-do list. You know, that was one of my first ones. I was talking about how my favorite TV show is Mr. Robot. And I made a little project uh, just around that TV show. 
uh, when uh, when I started at my my new high school, which I which I came in in tenth grade, uh, we didn't have a scheduling system. So that was actually my first school project was building some sort of scheduling system. Um, so yeah, those are some projects that I worked on before that. Did you come up with the idea to do it on your own, or was there some inspiration for it? Like, did the did your teachers kind of say, okay, hey guys, you've got some some freedom here to pick a way that you're going to show your learning? Like, how did it come about? Yeah, I, I guess that's probably a good time to talk about the the school that I just graduated from. So I went to traditional high school for ninth grade, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't having a whole you know not I wasn't having that good of a time. And I was, I was certainly struggling in school. And uh, I just, like, I was not really looking forward to coming to school every day and thought my talents were not being utilized. And uh, then I hear about this new school that's opening up in my district. And it's a, it's a completely project-based learning school. So uh, no classes, no grades, uh, no bells. And instead, we work on projects as our schoolwork. And we do internships Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we don't even go to the school building on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We go to we go to an internship in the community, uh, an organization or company. And uh, it, it, was, it was very different than uh, traditional school, but I thought this is, might be a place where I can utilize my strengths to, to, to learn. And so um, I, I decided to go there starting with my, my 10th grade year. And that's kind of how I got the opportunity to, to do all this. And uh, a big part of the school is just this, uh, is that every student has a different path. It's trying to discover the passions of each student and figure out um, what they need to learn to get to that point. And so, no, I mean, it, 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 it's all uh, student-centered. So the, the projects come from the students. So it's not uh, an educator saying, hey, here's what you need to work on, but it's coming from the student and saying, hey, here's, a, here's something that I want to improve on or something that I want to learn, something that I want to work on, and using the help of the educators to figure that out and get there. So. Uh, it's, it's been really great to ha kind of have that all come from the student. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to go back to your, to your first project, your scheduling project. Uh, you knew there was a, a problem on your campus and you wanted to meet that need. So you just decided to, Hey, I'm just going to make this program. Can you go over that, uh, that, that mindset? Just a yeah, little? exactly. And uh, so because we don't have classes, because we don't have grades and it, it was the first two months of the, the school opening, we had all of this stuff going on and, and we didn't really have a good way to organize all these, all these things going on. And uh, so, yeah, I, I saw that issue was happening and then I worked closely with um, uh, an educator at our school to kind of figure out what that would look like. And so that was really the, my big first project because it kind of had stakeholders involved now. Uh, you know, it wasn't just for, for me or to learn. It had uh, people that were going to be using it and interacting with it. And so I had to learn how to navigate that and figure out if what I was building was actually going to be effective amazing so you mentioned the traditional it's not like the traditional so no, if you could compare traditional to what you had which you experienced in that new school what would you say were the biggest differences that you saw on the educator side the student side yeah um so yeah it's kind of crazy is that this is actually still a public school and uh so it was lottery based so it you couldn't you know because it's a public school they can filter which students got in uh, it was just a lot you know so it's just lottery based and so for the students that did get in, um, there's, there, there's a lot of students that, that were there for different reasons. And uh, that definitely changed the, the shape of the school and kind of what work got done. You know, I was kind of lucky enough to be at a place where I uh, knew a general idea of what I wanted to work on pretty early on. 
and um, had the motivation to be able to do that. But for, um, for a lot of students, it's trying to figure out you know, what that piece is. And so I kind of got a, a little bit of an early head start to that. But I mean, th there's a whole lot of differences. So just in the way that our day is structured um, to, to the kind of work that's being done, I'd say a big part that I didn't touch on would be the uh, community aspect. So we have, um, we have advisory at our school and advisory is an hour that we spend in the morning and usually about 30 minutes in the afternoon. And it's kind of our, uh, it's, it's like homeroom, but it's more community focused. And so it's mixed grades. It's from nine through 12. And, uh, and in our advisory, we have in our, our advisor and our advisor is uh, the educator that is with us throughout our four year career in high school. And uh, they help us um, navigate all that there is because every student's going to be on their own journey. Uh, there's going to be a lot of differences there. And the advisor's role is to help the students navigate that, that path. So my advisor, Hillary, was incredible. Um, and, and she helped me so much in figuring out you know, what was going on and, and how to best navigate it. And then in our advisory, we, we built this really great sense of community, getting to know and really deeply understand the, the people that, at my school that were around me. So that was a really big part as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the, those, are some, those are some big differences. I mean, in terms of, I mean, I don't think the school is for everyone. It's definitely for a specific type of people. There's people that really thrive at the school and there's people that really struggle at this kind of school. Same way at traditional school, right? So I, I struggled with traditional school, but really thrives in this kind of environment. So um, like knowing, uh, being open-minded enough to, to try new things has been a really good trait for students that succeed at the school. Being self-motivated has been a really good trait for students that succeed at the school. Um, being open to failure has been a big part uh, for students that succeed at the school. Um, but for students that are looking for more structure, you know, that's not at this school. That's where traditional school really fits in well. So, uh, you know, there's pros and cons to each. I was lucky, you know, lucky enough that I really found my footing with this kind of school though. I know that was a lot. <laughs> that was good. That's really good. So a lot of the students seem to be intrinsically motivated at the campus that you were in. And as teachers in a traditional school setting, I think we feel like we, we, we are trying to instill that tenacity and that grit in our students. So what would be your advice for teachers uh, who want to establish that culture of failing forward? What could they do in their classrooms? What could they do in their lesson plans to achieve what your school has it had achieved in regards to grit and tenacity? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think creating the space for failure is super important if, if school is going to be about learning. Um, and so at, at my school, we had these projects and we did outline what success looks like and, and what success doesn't look like by the end of the project. But um, it, it never was like, you're going to get uh, marked off if you don't get to that point what they wanted to see is evidence of learning. And so it created that space for failure. So I think more ways in, I think creating more ways in school where it becomes about the process of learning and not, not, and not necessarily about the final results is, is really important. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of cool ways that we've seen that being done. Uh, one example that, that uh, comes, comes to my mind is, is starting that small project-based learning work within schools itself. So, if you are uh, doing a unit about this or that, um, having students create that project and demonstrate their learning in whatever way that they see necessary. So bringing small components and pieces of uh, the kind of the style of learning that, that we did at my school or we do, I don't know if I say which one anymore because we still do it at the school, but I don't go there anymore. Um, starting to bring some components of there and creating the framework to, to learn and also creating, creating the environment where it's safe to fail as long as 
you can show your, your evidence of learning. So much about growth mindset and everything that you've said. And I feel like it just requires a shift in thinking. I mean, you can't go into it thinking the way we've always done it is going to work. It's a completely different thought process. It's a completely different learning process. And some teachers who may want to do something like that still have those attachments to some element of control in their classrooms that they don't want to give up. Uh, they're scared of losing control. There's an attachment to grades. So a lot of those things are fears, I think, of educators to move to this. But one of the questions I have is since you don't have an attachment to grades with what you're doing, you show the evidence of learning. What do you, where do you show it? Like, where is this evidence of learning housed? And then how do you get to graduate from high school without a grade attached to it or a GPA? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So uh, we use a learning management system at our school and it's kind of where we track all of our work and all our projects. And we submit all of the evidence of our projects throughout the, the whole process um, in this in the system. And so that's that's where our advisors go in and, and take a look about, uh, take a look at what's being worked on. And then, um, and so what we got uh, for our school is a waiver from the state to uh, have competencies act as uh, traditional credits. And so we actually have a, a, a list of about 90 competencies and they somewhat align to common core, um, but they're, they're much broader. So uh, an ex you know, there's nothing saying you have to learn about this specific time period in history, but we do have a, a competency that's about uh, past events. And so what, what it, it would be up to the student to find a project that they could demonstrate uh, knowledge of researching and learning about past events. And so we have about 90 of those uh, from communication to quantitative reasoning to social reasoning to empirical reasoning. And so we have to have our projects fit the molds of those competencies. Um, and we have to do them twice. So we do them our freshman, sophomore year, and then we do them all over again at a higher level for junior, senior. And <clears throat> uh, on those and what goes on our transcript is we, um, we have uh, uh, meeting expectations, exceeding expectations, um, and, and then we have the, the then we have the two below, which is really have, haven't done it yet or uh, starting starting to get there. I forgot I forgot exactly what that one was called. Um, and and so that's what goes on our what goes on our transcripts. And and then we have really like our, our finals at our school are kind of called exhibitions. And so we do them uh, three times a year, and it's really just a, a public place to show all the work that you've been that you've been doing. And it's usually about an hour long presentation. You bring in all the stakeholders in your life. So internship mentors, project mentors, advisors, friends, and uh, people at the school that you do your work with. And uh, they come in and you present all your work and that's where it's a, it, you do a panel after and you get feedback and it's kind of that public displaying of your work. And so um, those are some of the places that we get feedback and then kind of how, how we get credit for it. That's really awesome. Where, uh, are you able to take that, you graduated, were you able to take that, your projects and things that you worked on with you? Were you able to put that into something that you can use? Not that you need a resume right now, because I think it gets pretty much. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, there may, there may be things that you did when you were in school that you're like, I want to keep that. So are you able to kind of transfer that out? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, in, in our transcript, uh, besides having those competencies, we have, uh, you know, we have a description of, kind of the years highlight in our work. And, um, you know, when some, of other my, when some of my other classmates apply to colleges, that's what they sent over. So it's a different kind of transcript, but they have all that project work attached as well as the competencies. That's amazing. 
Okay, I kind of want to move on to to Gim Kit or Jim Kit. Okay, let me ask you this: Are you team GIF or team Jif? I really need to know. Okay, so I call it a GIF. No, yeah, hence Gim, Gim Kit. So if you were team Jif, you would call it Jim Kit. You know, I but <laughs> so like I call it a GIF, but I call it the site Jiffy, where you get gifts from so i'm i'm kind of uh what didn't they say that the actual correct pronunciation is jiff or something it is yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're all team jiff in this room i don't know about intern blake he, he may have i think he's team jiff he's got to be team jiff because we peer pressure him <laughs> well, let's talk about give kid a little bit huh? sure so you had mentioned i talked about that scheduling system you saw in me so when you created give kid did you did you was there a need for it? Did you feel like there needs to be a better, there's another better quiz show game that I could create that's more engaging, that hits all learners? Yeah, let me raise my chair here. Um, yeah, it, it, so the um, process that my school had us go through for projects was called the design thinking process. And part of that is um, uh, finding an issue and uh, empathizing with it and then figuring out how to make a solution to it. And so the first issue that I had was I want to become a better engineer. That, that was an issue. Was I, I wanted more engineering skills. And I did a lot of small projects in the past. And I, I, realized at, uh, I realized at this point, I wanted to do something bigger, some sort of bigger uh, project that would really take a little while, but encapsulate a bunch of different skills. And I thought that would be an interesting challenge. And so when I started thinking of things that I could build, um, I thought, okay, well, what's an area I know the best? And uh, well, it was education. I'd been, in, I'd been in school my entire life. So when I started to think about what I, what I would build for education, I started to think about something that I would actually want to use. And when I was in traditional school, um, one of the times when I was really engaged was when we played games in class. So when we played Kahoot and Quizlet Live, uh, I had a great time in class and I was, I was learning a whole ton. So I, I loved using games like that. Um, and I thought, well, that wasn't all the way effective for me. What if, what if I could build the game that I wanted to, to play in class? And so uh, that's how it originally started. So you mentioned that you didn't start working on this till your sophomore year in high school, at least getting into coding because you didn't have a background in it. Mm -hmm. That's like a long time, right? You've been in school, what, 10 years if you went to pre-K, 11 years at that point to just start dabbling into coding and computer programming. And then to be able to produce what you produce in just a couple of years, it's quite amazing. So if you, would have, if you could have learned something, any kind of skills that earlier on that could have helped you get to where you are now quicker, what do you think you would have, you would have wanted to learn? Yeah, that's a, good, that's a really good question. I'd say there's a whole lot, uh, a whole lot of like specific things that now that I'm even out in the real world, real world, uh, that I that I wish uh, I I learned and knew how to navigate and do in traditional school, but I'd say generally I think I, I think the uh, the main skill that I wish I learned would be solving problems that don't have a clear solution. So uh, most of my time in school was uh, spent um, solving issues that people had found solutions before, but now that I'm out of school, I'm solving a lot of issues where there's really no clear solution and, um, and there's no correct end place. And uh, trying to figure out how to navigate that process, work with people, do the research has been definitely a challenge. So I think that has been the main, I think that's been the main, I think that'd be the main thing is, is learning how to solve issues that don't have that clear solution. 
Awesome. And that school environment that you were in provided so many opportunities for you to work on just that. So yep, that's absolutely. awesome. Do you feel like there was one person or several people that may have inspired you to do what you've done? Who, who, who was instrumental in, in making this opportunity for you and helping along with the GIMKED process? Yeah, the person that's been uh, the most instrumental in, in the building of GIMKIT has definitely been, you know, my, my once mentor, Jeff, and then uh, he came on as co-founder in, in January. Uh, he believed in me when GIMKIT wasn't even called GIMKIT yet. And, uh, and the way we met was a, li a little funny. So um, before GIMKIT was called GIMKIT, it was actually called Gimlet. And uh, Gimlet is actually an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> and so... Uh, uh, obviously educators were, were saying I can't use something called this in my school so I was going through a bit of a naming crisis and uh, the entire time I've run GIMKit I've actually only posted it in two places and that was actually within the first month of, of launch and that was on a Cyclob product hunt and then I made one uh, I made two posts on, on Reddit um, way back in 2017. Uh, since then it's just grown from word of mouth but Jeff saw at the time it was called Gimlet on that Cyclob product hunt and he saw that I was in Seattle, so I was a high schooler working on it. Uh, he had business background and he reached out and he said, hey, I think this is really cool. Um, and, you know, let me know if there's any way I could help. So, um, so I said, of course, I would, I, would love to, I would love to help. And we met up and we started chatting and I wasn't expecting much, but he just, throughout the entire time, even though it was just a school project, I mean, he stayed, um, he, he did a whole bunch of work to, to help make him get what it is today. The biggest piece of, um, feedback that really changed the whole course of Gimkin and why it is where it is today is he told me to slow down. So when I first launched Gimkit, I wanted to share it with everyone. Uh, I'd worked on it for five, six months, and that's the longest I'd ever worked on a single thing. And so I wanted to go share with everyone and tell them, t tell everyone what I'd made. But at the time it was really immature. And uh, he had me go through the process of reaching out to educators and students and having interviews with them and developing Gimkit with them. And that was so important because the, the core foundations of GIMKit today are built from the feedback of those educators. And I would have gone ahead and just tried to share um, a very immature product. And so he, had, he went through that process and uh, he gave me incredible feedback every step of the way. And then, uh, yeah, he, he came on uh, full-time as co-founder in January. So he's been instrumental. But I mean, I've had a whole lot of other instrumental people in the building of GIMKit. Um, I've had an incredibly supportive family. They've always... Um, you know, they've always been optimistic and always have given me hope about what's to come. Uh, my principal is incredible. My advisor is incredible. Um, so a, a lot of those people have given me the inspiration and hope to, to build something like this. And so I've been incredibly lucky. I feel like I should be giving you an award right now. Because you just thanked all the little people. <laughs> so that's my word. That's, that's amazing. Um, we're getting close to the, the end of the time of our interview, and I hate closing this out because this is such a good conversation and I think so valuable to our listeners and viewers. So if you could give, and I don't know if I'm just asking this off the, the top of my head, uh, maybe hard, harder to think on the spot, but if you could give a piece of advice to educators and students and just kind of anything to do with what we've talked about today, what would it be? Just kind of letting go and, and being not afraid to fail. Yeah, a piece of advice. Um, well, you know, I think my piece of advice, I think my piece of, of advice would be better for students. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm nearly qualified enough to give a piece of advice to educators, but um, my, my piece of advice to, for students and, and in terms of 
being being willing to fail um, or or just in general about some of the work that you do is um, there was a lot of times where I wanted to stop doing what I was doing. Uh, even you know when I started learning how to code, I mean I almost stopped many times. I actually I actually started learning a little bit in sixth grade, but then uh, quit because I didn't think I was smart enough. Um, but I'm really glad I came back around. And so uh, the the things that are really fulfilling in life do take a lot of work to get there. And um, there's going to be a lots lots of ups and downs along the way. And I think as long as you have a, a clear vision of where you want to be and um, who you want to become, um, that helps out so much and you will get there. And so that would be my piece of advice is there's going to be a lot of factors that can get in your way of, of where you want to go. Um, but as long as you take the steps to, to improve and to become a better person and to listen more and to focus on what, um, what your strengths are, um, it ends up being extremely rewarding. That was awesome. And um, anybody who wants to follow you on Twitter, two ways to do that real fast. Yeah, my, my Twitter is Josh Gimkit, and then Gimkit's Twitter is just Gimkit. So there we go. Amazing. Thank you so much, Josh. This was awesome. Do you have any last minute things you might ask her? No, that's it. Your advice was uh, universal for anybody and anybody out there. So I thank you again for being our guest today. Oh, You're oh, thank you. Well, yeah, thank you both so much for having me on. I mean, I really appreciate it. And uh, it, it was a great conversation. Yeah, it was. Um, okay. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us again for season two, episode three with Josh from Gim Kit. Josh from Gim Kit. <laughs> and we will see you next time on the Flipping, Flipping Gift Side of Tech.